The Exton Moss Experiment. Adventures in Wine and Space with Simon Exton and Ken Moss. Episode 62. Doctor Who. The Awakening. Hello everyone and a very warm welcome to the Exton Moss Experiment. I'm Ken Moss. I'm Simon Exton and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you all. Now we've decided that it's time for us to start a new tradition, which is the traditional Exton Moss drinking game. Woohoo indeed. And what better way to kick off a drinking game than with Doctor Who? What have we got for tonight? Tonight we have a game called, are we ready for this? Scratchy McDuckface. This was kind of a a last minute thing. We haven't had a chance to do it properly. But when we did our commentary on the Doctor Who story, The Awakening, we did actually make a little bit of a a drinking game about the behaviour of one of the characters. And there's a character in it called Will Chandler who's frankly dreadful and his entire performance consists of scratching and duck face so every time he did duck face we took a drink and then realized that we would be utterly slaughtered very very quickly um and so stopped doing that but scratching mcduck face new year drinking game courtesy of the exton moss experiment enjoy and to introduce you to it here's the recorded episode that we did on the awakening We're doing this in memoriam for the actor Glyn Houston, who unfortunately passed away a couple of weeks ago now, I think, isn't it? It is, yes. Uh, we're recording this in uh, mid-July 2019. Glyn Houston has featured recently in uh, one of our In Memoriam episodes, and he was uh, incorrectly credited as Glyn Owen. We're, we're just trying to work out whether that was a joint mistake or my mistake or Simon's mistake. I think it was a joint mistake. I think we'll both take we'll, responsibility, we'll both take responsibility for that one, but... As has been pointed out by one of our listeners, uh, Martin, thank you very much, but there was gin involved. Before on the subject we, of which... On the subject of which, we'd better crack on, first and foremost, tonic screwdriver out, get the top off the gin. What have we got for tonight? So today's gin is the Bombay Sapphire Limited Edition English Estate. Um, and they describe it as a blend of penny royal mint, rose hip, and toasted hazelnuts, uh, refreshing, unique take on the classic Bombay Sapphire recipe used creatively to in gin and tonic. I'm not sure how creative a gin and tonic is. I'm not entirely sure. No, I mean, um, it's notably different from ordinary Bombay Sapphire, which it, it is, which puts it head and shoulders above uh, Star, Star of Bombay, Bombay, which I couldn't really tell. Virtually the identical between that and. Normal Bombay. This has a, a bitter edge mm. to it, which I rather like. Not getting anything nutty, hazelnutty at all. Or rose hippie or minty, but it is marked, it is different, subtly different, I must say. It's very refreshing, and I think I'd place this, I'd certainly place it above Star of Bombay, because this is our second glass. We, uh, we've messed up tonight, this is the first episode in this recording session, and... We've next to the first one, and it didn't barely touch the sides, because I've just finished work, Simon's just had a very long drive. I'm going to give it four Bernards. It's a, a solid four for me. It's, I would come back to this one, it's, but it's not exceptional. It's nice. Is it quite four Bernards nice? No, I think I'll go with three on this. It's nice enough, it's perfectly drinkable. But no, I'm I... revising that down. I think um, 
I think the four came from the fact that the first one I was just gulped down and it was incredibly refreshing. The second glass, I don't know. No, I'll revise that down to three. I think. What you mean you can? It's actually hanging around long enough for you to taste. It yeah, this time. yes, it is actually. Although you did mix it slightly stronger the first time, there was less tonic. So maybe that's it. Maybe I you don't need. Think to... I did. Oh yeah, there's only half a glass worth of tonic. I made shorter measures. Dear listeners, Simon's measures uh, are very, very much in inverted commas, which it's is why we, we we love these sessions so much. That's why. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna I'll, I'll revise that down to three. It's it's very good. Yeah. It's better than Star of Bombay, but it's um. You can't remember what we gave Star of Bombay. I think that was only a three. It wasn't anything exceptional. Mm. Anyway, marking on the day, um, yeah. I'm giving this a three. Let's crack on straight away with the first episode. It's only a two-episode story, so we'll do a full commentary for the whole thing. Ron VT on episode one. Oh, I do like this title. I love it. It's my favourite. First shown on 19th of January 1984. Um, no, my favourite is still the, uh, the Tom Baker... Um, Bernard Bernard Lodge version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, you grew up with that. Yeah, and I grew up with this. So. Oh, they've corrected it for the DVD. Now, the original print of this, which they used for the VHS, I'm such a nerd. The story title and the part title, it was a sort of blue colour. It was the only time it ever appeared. But it's it's back to it's corrected back to black and white for this. But I've got very fond memories of this season, um, the third Peter Davison season. I've got vivid memories of it from when I was a kid. Uh, every single story. So there's Polly James, one of the original Liver Birds, mm. and I think almost all of the Liver Birds have appeared in the um, in the series, haven't they? There's Nerys Hughes. Yeah, and Pauline Collins. Oh yes, twice Cause, over. Because the first series of the Live Birds was Pauline Collins and and Polly James, and then Neris Hughes took over from Pauline Collins, and then Elizabeth Estenson took over from Polly James. I did not know that. And I don't think Elizabeth Estenson has been. No, I don't. See, I know her best as Teabag, but she is in Emmerdale Farm. Well, Emmerdale. Dennis Lill is wonderfully theatric. <laughs> I, there, there's a lot of stomping around, there and <laughs> that, oh, that, that's an Olvia costume if ever I saw one. I wonder who's uh, lining himself up for the Drag Queen Index. Well, it ain't that outfit of Tegan's, because that's, I mean, it's it's terribly 80s. Yeah, it is. Not quite as 80s as Turlow's massive shoulder padded jacket. I do like that console. It, again, it's my second favourite console. McGann trumped everything. When the TV movie came out, the console room, the costume, the console, everything trumped every other TARDIS. But that... Secondary control room. The secondary control room miffs me off because there's no time rotor. I think it could have just done with that. Um, you see, again, I remember the secondary control room first time around. Hmm. Because uh, it was it Mandragora that it yeah, and irritatingly the um, the reason it was ditched I believe was because it was put into storage and damaged yeah. Lovely boom shadow on the Tardis there. Crypt set is quite nice. Actually, mm. the whole church set is quite yeah, nice. Yeah, it is. This scene was originally placed between the one with Chameleon and the 
the TARDIS. Now we've just watched the deleted scene on the DVD with Chameleon. And you can see why they didn't really use Chameleon yeah, very much. Yeah, it um, It's a bit weird looking. Uh, the eyes almost seem to rotate independently, mm. like a chameleon. And a weird spangly green arse. <laughs> I actually thought that was his hip joint, but... Uh, well, you don't have a hip joint round the back. Unless you've got really weird hips. That's a nice bit of set, isn't it? Carved bench. The whole of this Doctor Who story is, to me, um, Doctor Who at its my nostalgic best because it's set in a little country village in summer with a church. It's just everything that Doctor Who is, really. Yeah, you see, when I watched it, I assumed that they they were crowbarring Will in to come in as a new companion. Which they were. They were trying. They, it was mooted. He would have been a bit. It would have been a pain in the arse. Katerina. Katerina is the yeah. It's a nice idea having this naive companion that needs everything explaining, but that's going to get wearing very quickly. Well, I kind of didn't with Jamie. No, with Katerina, I was more. I may be remembering wrongly, but I don't remember Will Chandler being particularly well acted. I seem to remember he had one stock expression, and it's duck face. Look at the state of that film. It's beautiful. That the the bloke with the um the scar How dramatic they did. They've all got quite impressive costumes. Mm. She's a bit screechy. Yeah. Miss James. She's supposed to be a forceful down-to-earth school teacher. I didn't realise she was supposed to be a school teacher. Neither did I. They're all being very calm about having. Um... So Tegan's just had her bag snatched. I think has now got herself locked in a barn. Mm. Uh, He's all terribly dramatic, isn't he? Oh, yes. Don't talk like a fool, call me another fool. Oh, God, it is, isn't it? Have you not realised? Is it the 16th century wig? And the fact that he doesn't have the name V. Illen or something like that. N.M.E. Or the accent that does a magical mystery tour of Eastern Europe. Yeah, the, the tour of Eastern Europe always. He looks younger in this he than does. they did in Image of the Fender. Maybe it's the awful wig. She doesn't have an awful lot of success with family in this, does she? Because her, aunt get, her aunt's get, get zapped. Drunk. Um, her cousin is in a oh, yes. in Amsterdam. Actually, now that you put it that way. No, um, and now her grandfather is... Kidnapped. Yeah. Oh, there's some lovely BBC micro effects there. This kind of reminds me of that of that first Sapphire and Steel story. Oh, which you possibly haven't seen. Because it was the fourth one that we we did when we um, did Sapphire and Steel. 40th anniversary of Sapphire and Steel this week. This, yeah, this week. I must say, those glass shots work terribly well. Yes. Opposite the Anchoring Pub in Shapwick. No idea where Shapwick is. No, it's, it looks like somewhere I wouldn't mind looking up. 
Yeah, that's a, that, that church is a really nice mm, It is lovely. BBC really do these. I'd say period, which is, I suppose it is really, but... Rename the story The Awakening to avoid confusion with the... 1969. With the war games. Um, I mean, who apart from fans would remember that? It's not like when um, Invasion of the Dinosaurs' first episode was Invasion. Mm. Because um, that was only, what, four years after the invasion. I'm the doctor. Doctor? Doctor, bring a proper name. Which I would be a do you know what I mean? Duck face. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of... Why is he scratching himself? Plague. Scabies. It's still something you'd not want to be touching, isn't it? Uh, it's, a, it's a mixture between duck face and gurning. Yeah. Um, he would get really irritating really quickly. Yes. I mean, he works well in the garb. I don't really see how you could have him ferried around in time and space with cleaned him up and still doing that and still be interested. He's a bit of a comedy turn. I, I, I've always thought that the story would work better without him in it. Yes, that's exactly what I thought, Turlo. This replaced a lost story called Circus of Destiny. Would Big Finish have done that by any chance? Big Finish? Are you listening? Because I've not seen that on your lineup. In terms of um, unmade stories, they did, they did the space prison, which was. Oh, yeah, I can't really. Uh, we've we've mentioned this before, but I cannot blame Big Finish for the quality of the space prison. No, no, no. Um, I think that some of Big Finish's scripts are a little poor and rushed because they. I think they've got too small a writing pool for the amount of output that they they put out. But you can't blame them for a script that was too rubbish to be made in 1969, still being rubbish however many years later. Yeah. Right, I'm going to the police. I'll soon put a stop to this. Shut up! Just be grateful. It is the stranger who is to be crowned Queen of the Maid. It's so easily to have been you. The slap was not in the script. He must have been delighted. It worked, though. It works. It does work. Honourable mention must go here to... uh, David Bront, I don't know whether, David, you were responsible for these production notes, but we watch these every time we do a Doctor Who episode, and the production subtitles on the DVDs... Actually, I watch them whenever I watch a, an episode of They're wonderful. Time. They are. They're fantastic. So, yes, in answer to your, your Twitter question, does anyone actually watch them? Yes, we do, and I feel utterly convinced that we're not alone. If he's a surf from whenever... How can he read? That's a very good point. The BBC asked for the normally well-kept churchyard to be left unkempt for several weeks prior to filming. Now, bear in mind, boys and girls, that I am a a horticulturalist by trade. That is more than a few weeks. There's some weeds there that are several months old. See, it's all duck face, isn't it? It is, yeah. And that hair-pulling, weird scratching thing that he does is... He subsequently started a successful financial services business. So, done all right for yourself there, Will Chandler. It's got very good teeth. The duck face is kind of emphasising them. Mm. It, it is. It's all pouting, isn't it? Yeah, it is, actually. I wish you'd not pointed it out, because that's all I can bloody well see now. Yes. Quack. Quack. (laughs) 
Oh, no, that's nice. That's the third time Davison's waved that pen torch about. It suggests that the Doctor's missing his sonic screwdriver. Well, you would really, wouldn't you? Tarrant Moncton. There's a Do lot you know, of place I'm... names in Dorset that are utterly wonderful. Yeah, but I think that's somewhere near Andy's home village, which from memory is Moncton up Wimborne. There's a great place called Fontmore Magna, which I think is great. I passed through it to get to... Um, I don't know what you passed through. Blandford Forum, oh. which is where the great Dorset steam fair is. The biggest one. Exactly. Yeah, I used to go to that yeah. when I was a kid. And Sixpenny Handley. Yes. There's some wonderful place names. And this is where my jealousy comes in. I'm very much a real ale man when I'm in the pub, but I do wish... It's 2019. I wish that real cider would creep north a little. We're still very short on proper cider up here. Some of the ales drift up north. Tribute. St. Austell Brewery. That's a lot of their ales drift up north. The ciders don't. And I really wish they would because they're marvellous in summer. I'm a big fan of a proper perry. Oh, yes. In fact, there was an article in... Drifting a little bit. There was an article in <laughs> Cam- Camera Magazine last Where? year. Quack, quack, quack. There he is. Duck face. The original duck face. No, there was an article in Camera Magazine a couple of years back about Perry production. And there was outcry in the letters page. Why are camera members supporting the production of Perry? We're just here for ale and nothing more. And that's when I decided camera's not for me anymore. It should be for... They've, They've won the battle, camera. And indeed, real ale gets a mention at the end of this story. There he is, Davidson's out with his pen torch again. Not lit, I notice. Just itching, itching to press the button. They are useful things, pen torches. They're wonderful, I've got one myself. It's plasticine in cling film. The planet Rada. Raga. It's a reference back to the visitation. Because I was going to... I was going to say I'm not sure that either of those really have much, have much experience of Rada. And I shall just keep this for reasons of my own as he disappears off with Tegan's dress. What do you mean this is from the planet Rada? Precisely what I say. The Terrentals might in planet more or less exclusive use of the people of Hart. Every time. This is the, the awakening drinking game. Drink, take one one finger of gin every time Will Chandler pulls the duck face. We're going to be absolutely be slaughtered. You're serious? Never more, sir. Actually, in this, she's a lot less scenery chewing. Mm. Oh, how wonderful. It's not often you get the, um, the guest characters actually laugh at the doctrine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'd not want to touch him, really, would you? Her teeth are getting in the way of her dialogue. His duck face is getting in the way of his acting. Quack. <laughs> oh, I hadn't realised she was in The Worst Witch. Her son, Alex James, appeared as Diana Millen, Planet of the Dead. Quack. There's a lot of quackage going on. Well, but you're not drinking. Gosh, yeah. You suggested the drinking game. I know, God. We're going to need a lot of curry at the recording break here. 
Oh, that just looks great. I remember it? this on first transmission. Yeah. It scared the shit out of me as I was I was six when this went out. That's a really, really good cliffhanger. Oh, and here we are, we're back to blue credits. Oh, I see what you mean. Touch OCD to notice that. Now you've noted now you've pointed it out. It can't be on scene, like the duck face. I thought that said Marcus of White. No. No. We've been meaning to watch The Awakening for quite a while. It's been worth the wait. I rather enjoyed that. Yes, the, this is great. Uh, we, we were actually talking about The Awakening as um, the Doctor Who we were going to watch in one of the first um, recording sessions. And we're now on the seventh recording session. Right, so, part two of the Will Chandler duck face drinking game. Cheers. Friday, 20th of January, 1984. Which is the day after, I think. It was the 19th for the first one. Yeah, they were twice weekly in these days. Yeah. And it was pointed out by Peter Davison in an interview uh, on a calendar, I seem to remember. A slow-dazzle calendar in the 90s. There was a series of um, interviews on cassettes that were released with these calendars. And... On one of them, it said that uh, there was outcry that Doctor Who was moving from a Saturday to a twice-weekly slot Monday and Tuesday, I think it was originally. And then everyone stopped to think, well, actually, I don't actually watch it on a Saturday. And this is why I've had no problem with Series 11. (laughs) Quite, yes. Series 11 moving from a Saturday to a Sunday, because I very rarely watched it on a Saturday. Yeah. It's a bit face of Bowish. It is. I'd, I'd not twigged that before. Yeah, there's a lot of cracking it is going all, on. It, it's all duck face and scratching, isn't it? Now, how come all the other projections get that spangly Quantel effect? Well, that's certainly a look. Yeah, Cavalier's just appeared, sprayed silver. A little bit silver nemesis. It's a maypole. Oh, don't do the maypole smile. We're getting flashbacks here. Silver Nemesis is only four years after this, and all the OB stuff's done on video, and it really isn't the same. Drummers wore BBC supplied costumes, but provided their own drumsticks. Well, that's nice. Well, a recording of a drum roll, sourced <laughs> from the view of the record library, was sent to the drummers beforehand, lest they did not know what a drum roll sounded like. He's. Got sort of pale skin makeup to make him look a bit more ghostly. And blue eyebrows that just make him look a bit alien. Oh, and blue tips to his feathers. He's looking very spry for somebody who's been locked in there for four days. And well shaven. Do you know anything about psychic energy? Oh, God. He does comedy falling as well and duck face while running. He he really is awful. Um, Duck face. 
Wolsey was originally going to be seen smoking a clay pipe in this scene. I approve. The pipe was identified as a potential fire hazard. Trust me, it wouldn't be unless you were completely clumsy. No, my deputy has them no, for reasons of his own. Colby. We have been used. You have been used. Mankind has been. <laughs> oh, he's got enough food. He's got a bit he suddenly developed stub- stubbling so. about the last 30 seconds. Years of research to discover something as evil as the malice was more than just a legend. I wouldn't be sitting on that. A can of Jay's fluid. His ass is going to stink of Jay's for weeks. I know we've only just seen him. I don't remember him doing an awful lot in the script apart from being a reason for uh, for Tegan to turn up. In fact, my recollection of The Awakening is that for a two-episode story, it has an awful lot of superfluous characters. Mm, Yes. Because the fact that Tegan's grandfather is there makes no difference whatsoever to the plot. No more. And he doesn't actually add anything anything to it because you've got all the local historical buff stuff done um, done by Polly James's character. Will Chandler's just irritating and doesn't really add anything to the plot. Well, the ma- oh, there's Davison waving that torch again. Get him! Get the man a sonic screwdriver. He'd be he'd be very good at sonic screwdriving. His salary's looking particularly wilted, isn't it? It was only recently that because I'm you know what it's like as a Doctor Who fan. You sort of mentally tune things out until you grow up. And uh, I was watching an episode recently, thinking. The salary is just bloody ridiculous. But it comes back to what I was saying about from the the final Tom Baker costume. It went beyond something a bit eccentric that uh, a slightly odd person would wear to, to costume. something a very definite designed costume. Mm. And really carried on like that until Sylvester McCoy, mm. and even that with all the um, the question marks, question marks, and the uh, and the the cat badge thingy. So I quite like McCoy's costume in the TV movie. Yes, but the um, McGann's costume in the TV movie was kind of harking back to the Third Doctor and his frills and flounces. Yeah, um, I mean the McGann costume is by far my favourite. The uh, the TV movie version. Because he looks as though he stepped straight out of 1890. Do you know where my clothes are? It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. A lot of jowly acting. Uh, there is. God, it's Duckface. The Maypole of Death. At least there's no Morris dances this time. Yet. But if I was the doctor, I'd be terrified. Maybe that's it. The thirteenth Doctor's regeneration is going to be triggered by a maypole. The script notes that the malice seems to throb and smoke. Oh dear! Well, whatever gets you off. You're right. Davison's then wife, Sandra Dickinson, visited the um, the filming. Isn't it a bit premature to be lighting the bonfire before the sacrifice is in place? Uh, I would think so, yes. And what else have we seen Peter Davison and Sandra Dickinson in together? It was a lovely episode. It was the biggest piece of ham that's ever been in this house. And I have roasted some meat over that fire. Uh, The 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 joy of a man The tomorrow people. (laughs) You know that malice prop? 
1984, but that malice is really quiet. I, I remember yeah. being very, very impressed by it at the time. Oh, they've allowed the horse to pull a cart for a second time, despite destroying a lich gate in one of the outtakes. So yeah, for, for a two-episode story, there's an awful lot of characters in this. There is, um, but like he's said, superfluous. Um, that second-in-command, Willow, does he actually do anything that Dennis Lil couldn't do? Nothing really, no. Quack, quack, quack. Oh, yes. Oh, it's, it's quack, even, quack. he's even duck-facing during his action scene. Oh, he looks like he's just stepped off after the uh, last of the summer wine, doesn't he? Why has Turlow not ditched that sodding schoolboy outfit? For the same, oh, say for the, for the, probably for the same reason that Tegan didn't ditch the um, air hostess outfit. outfit. And she gets lumbered with that nylon mess, doesn't she? Oh, which she hated the um, corset thing. Davison again with the sonic screwdriver back up. It's a terrible ponytail he's got. Or doesn't. Because between, Where did it go? Yes, between walking through the door. Unless it's built into his hat. But no, he... So why doesn't he get a flouncy wig? No, the, 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 that wig isn't attached to his hat, is no, it? No, it isn't. But he definitely walked in with it on. He, he, he walked in with a, with a terrible-looking ponytail, because I was struck by how terrible it looked. And then the next scene, it had gone. Now, everybody stay perfectly calm and still. Does saying stay calm to anybody ever actually work? Well, it's the automatic cue for, you, for fight or flight, really, isn't it? It's the same thing with um, when I say run, run. Oh, he's, he's being a, a bit dramatic. Do him in with... Bloody hell! Jesus. I've forgotten that bit. He's smashed them over the head with rocks. Right, so, fa- two fairly massive head injuries. And a puking malice uh, in the car- in the TARDIS. Oh, Swarfiga. I haven't seen Swarfiga in years. I assume you can still get it. You can. <laughs> oh. Oh, I love the smug little look on her face. Look how many incidental characters there are milling about, most of them not really doing an awful lot. Mate, to be fair, this, I think this was originally supposed to be a four-part story. It was, but in editing it down, they could have... Trimmed. I know what he reminds me of, that grandfather. What? Dennis Thatcher and anyone for Dennis. Yes, he does. <laughs> He's definitely not the same actor. No. He's done very well to stand up and draw a sword after being smashed with a lump of stone that big. Um, very well, maybe. And ah, oh, this is the last time the Doctor addresses these words of reassurance to Tegan. Willow's just had his head lopped off by three cavaliers. No, it wasn't. Willow's the one that's still unconscious. That was um, Baldy Bloke who was trying to smash in the uh, TARDIS door. Although his scream lasted quite a long time for somebody who's just had his head removed. He does look an awful lot better without that ratty ponytail. He does, yes. Uh, even in the background, he's duck-facing. 
Quack. <laughs> and Mello stands up it, under the control of the malice, which apparently overrides, overrides the, the, the massive head trauma. But his collarbone isn't, isn't at the back. It was, smi- it was smashed over the, sort of the, head, the side of the head and the shoulder, and that it, it was fairly unpleasant wherever he got smashed. He has been used. (laughs) (laughs) Duck assault. He's just fallen into the crack. Quack. I remember this being quite a nice scene. The church falling down around them and they all dive in. It's better than the church's destruction in the demons. I was actually about to say, I'm not convinced. I, um, I think, I quite think the church destruction in the demons stands up quite well. I mean, it wasn't good. What went wrong? Why didn't they leave? Quite. He's not tall. No. Well, we came here to visit my grandfather. It'd be nice to spend a little time with him. I must admit, after the old bastards had a wash, he spent four days in a barn. Just for a little while. It's a great deal to do. Good. I quite missed that brown liquid they drink here. Ale. No, uh, tea. What be tea? Oh, not I don't get it. You can't see beyond the duck face, can you? Not anymore. An April grow, don't it? True. Personally, I rather like. Well, that that was fun. Mm. I'd forgotten how irritating I found Will, Will Chandler. And I've um, discovered how irritating I found Will Chandler. Quack. The, um... <laughs> problem? Not at all. Quack. <laughs> and there, there are characters in there that do absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. Tegan's grandfather is absolutely pointless. He contributes nothing yeah. to the plot. Uh, the um, second in command, Willow, doesn't really do an awful lot that um, that Dennis Lil's character couldn't do. Um, it just seemed... It, it, it's a really nice story. It looks fantastic. Um, nice lot of uh, location filming the, the, the church set okay it's the the main set on it just looks wonderful uh, it's really nicely yeah, done when it collapses so. less convinced about the model shot but it's not the only dodgy mm. model shot we've seen it's just too full of incidental characters to the point where they're kind of tripping literally tripping over are, each other yeah, by the time they they're, they're all in the, the TARDIS but this must have cost a small fortune to make actually with all the extras that are in it and all the, the cast all of whom are credited for a two-parter. If you look at something like Black Orchid, where there's a reasonably large cast, but they've all got something to do. I don't think Black Orchid would have a, as big a guest cast as this. There isn't crowbarring in of an extra companion, is there? Not really, no. Um, um, there, there's nobody in Black Orchid that you look at and think, do you know what, you don't need to be there. No. Do you have a real soft spot for Black Orchid? The I, two Davison two-parters, 
Uh, some of my favourite Doctor Who stories of all time. Except there were three Davison two-parters. There were. There was King's Demons as well. But even that, again... So I that think... makes up for me not knowing how many seven-parters oh, there were. Yeah, those, yes. <laughs> Bear in mind, boys and girls, these are not uh, supposed to be education. They are uh, just the ramblings of two gin-soaked old lushies. Yeah. Quack. Quack. We need, <laughs> as part of our latest regular feature... We, we need, need a visit from Siri. We do. I am Persian. Name your price. So come on, who who is it going to be? Well, we've gone beyond Drag Queen of the Week and we're going for a more generic Drag Queen index. Now, in terms of the women's costumes, you have a choice of three that are all fairly dreadful. There's Tegan's multicoloured nylon monstrosity. There's Jane's functional waistcoat and there's the awful Queen of the May thing. So mm. there's not an awful lot to choose from there. However, some of the male costumes are really quite flouncy. Well, we've got the apparition, the silver apparition in the crypt. And Dennis Lil's gold costume is fairly flouncy. Yeah, what we don't have for a, a real drag queen index is anybody with a particularly good resting bitch face. Because you need the costume and you need the resting bitch face. You think of any drag queen, it's costume... And resting bitch face. You presume from a false assumption here that I know anything about drag queens. It's not my area. I didn't even know who RuPaul was until you explained Fuck this. Off. I didn't. Really? We did this in a previous podcast. I, I was talking not... about Bianca Del Rio, but you, you honestly don't know who RuPaul is? No, I've not a clue. Then how do you know the name? Because you told me. We were considerably was... pissed by this point. That was Bianca Del Rio I was talking about. And Lily Savage. Well, Lily Savage, I don't know who that is, but... Um, well, Lily Savage is a fantastic example of a resting bitch face. You know what I mean by resting bitch yes, face? Yes, that, that, that bit I do get, yes. Um, I think with Romana One, they call it haughty. But realistically, it's oh, resting bitch face. You know, we're, we're going to fall out if you keep having any more sideways digs at Mary Tam. She's, she's off limits. It's not a sideways dig. She's magnificent in every way. Um, with a good resting bitch face. Yes, to be fair, I will give you that. Well, so I don't know what's the index for this because it's not uh, it's I'm, not overly high. Is no, it? I'm going to go for about a three because yeah, there's I'd nothing so. really in the costume and actually, yeah, Jane does. She doesn't quite do the resting bitch face, but she does laugh at the doctor, and I, I do like yeah, that. She does that whole you're talking bollocks bit <laughs> that she laughs at him first off before she's convinced. That I really because mm. you don't normally see the the, the guest cast doing that. It's a, they might not believe it, but it, it's not a sort of normal what any of the rest of us would do, which is sort of laugh in your face. The only other instance I can think of actually is uh, Snake Dance, the irritating historian in Snake Dance. Because the Doctor bursts in at the end of part one or something and says, you've got to call off this whole festival that you've got planned for months and months and months because the Mara's coming back. And he turns around and says, yep, fair news, we'll call it all off then. Now get out. Yes, there must be others. There must be others, but none leap to mind as yet. There should be more, really. There really should. Yeah, because he tends to tip up and tell a fairly bonkers story. <laughs> and often without a great deal of proof, people just go, mm. yeah, okay. Yeah. So it was, it was quite. It was nice seeing uh, the character of Jane going. Well, actually, you sound like a lunatic. Convinced later on, but to start with, it was a really nice reaction. Yeah, because all all he had really was some plasticine in cling film to convince her that there's yeah. an alien invasion um, going on. But and and then there was the the malice thing. But realistically, on the the goodies side, you could have lost Will Will Chandler. Mm. You could have lost Tegan's grandfather. So you would have just had. 
the TARDIS crew and Jane and Woolsey once he, co- once he comes on board. We well, had the two henchmen and you could have easily chopped off one of those as well. What, the one who got his head chopped off? Mm, yeah. Um, but Willow doesn't really do an awful lot that... The other one does. Yeah. Character contact, it could have been trimmed down and particularly Tegan's grandfather does absolutely yeah. nothing. <laughs> in fact, the more you look at it, the less he really needs to be in those. Yeah. Um, he's an excuse to turn up, but when does the Doctor ever need an excuse to turn up and, and land himself in the middle of trouble? And Will Chandler, it is a bit Katerina in that the character could work had it been acted effectively. Yeah. Um, and instead of Katerina's woman at CNA poses, then you get uh, Will Chandler's duck face. It was a bit Rapsy Nesbitt, the whole gurning... Idiot did Rabsy Nesbitt scratch that much? Because he did an awful lot of scratching. And then, okay, he's mm. from the 1600s, he's probably covered in fleas. I don't but know, I just wish you'd not pointed that out in a way, because one scene, right. never unseen. Oh, he can't be unseen, that, that bloody duck face. It was almost every shot. Yes, he does a bit of gurning, a lot of duck face, a lot of scratching, really weird running and a comedy pratfall. Oh, I'd forgotten the comedy pratfall, yes, in the field. Graveyard or wherever the hell he is. And the only vaguely useful thing he does is wave that fire staff around to rescue the Doctor. And he's still duck-facing while he does that. So we could talk about duck-face a lot. We have talked about duck-face a lot. But all Um, in all, getting back to the story itself rather than the... uh... Getting back to the story itself, I really enjoyed it. Um, I remember enjoying it at the time that it it was first shown. It's not one that I've watched terribly often, but I've, I've enjoyed it whenever I've seen it. Um, I'm always struck by the superfluous characters, and, <laughs> and particularly Will Chandler just seemed to be a sort of dirty, gurning Adric clone, really. Without any other charm. That's how low we've got. But, but all it, in all, I really enjoyed that, so I think we should raise, raise a glass. what's left in our, our glasses. Uh, this Not was, a great deal, actually. but It was a bit of a, a, a double on this. It's almost by accident that we've in memoriam to Glenn Houston, because yeah. he's... Uh, it's passed this week, but we were going to watch The Awakening anyway, so it's uh, Mr. Houston, thank you very much. Cheers. Goodbye now. The Exton Moss experiment featured Simon Exton and Ken Moss. All featured television soundtracks are the property of their respective producers, and no infringement of copyright is intended. The programme was recorded in Rishton, Lancashire, and produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit our website at extonmossexperiment.blogspot.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram.